You know, when I saw that, when I saw that this church had come up with that key value, I actually wept. I wept because I could see where God had brought me to. To a church that believes the gospel is the most important message anyone can hear. I think that is just such a great starting point. And I wept with joy because of it. So thank you for coming up with that. We believe the gospel is the most important message anyone can hear. But is it relevant? Christianity has all been eliminated, all but been eliminated as a source of relevance in people's lives, according to the head of the Catholic Church in England and Wales. I've often found myself in conversations with people who use the word relevant as a synonym for being current, being hip, being trendy, as in this book is very relevant, or what you said is so relevant for people today. I think that culture has replaced the meaning of the word with being cool, of being current, of being hip, of being trendy, which is bad news if you like wearing socks and sandals. Bad news for Christians who think that something has to be acceptable to be relevant. Hip or trendy or current or cool. Because being relevant simply means that something is necessary. It's necessary. The colour of the sky is not relevant to someone dying of thirst. But a glass of water is very relevant to that person. Water is relevant to the thirsty Because it's necessary, of course, not because it's cool or hip or trendy. If you look at the dictionary, relevant says having a bearing on or connection with the matter of hand. Having a bearing on or connection with the matter at hand. So we believe the gospel is the most important message anyone can hear. But is it relevant? Does it have a bearing on or connection with the matter at hand? Three quarters of my life have been spent thinking this gospel message is irrelevant. Three quarters of my life I spent thinking Christians who wore socks and sandals were completely irrelevant to my life. And the message that I had to preach was equally irrelevant to my life. The New Testament says the word gospel... We believe the gospel is the most important message anyone could hear. It could mean the messenger who carried the good news, or it could mean the good news itself. As soon as someone walks into a room and says, I have good news, I have good news. That person has the attention of everyone in the room. There is hardly a time in our lives when we couldn't use some good news, especially since the debacle of the last Rugby World Cup. And so to the beautiful game where the ball is the correct shape, I ask you, what would be good news? I know I'm not making friends with my rugby people here, but what would be good news? Wales winning the Euros? Uh, England win the Euros. I did wonder if Svetlana would be here. Ukraine win the Euros. What other countries have we got represented? Portugal, of course. You're behind a column. Francisca, thank you. Would Portugal winning the Euros be good news? Yes. 
What about Brexit? What about if we left the EU? Would that be good news? How, you can't say no. How about if we stay? Would that be good news? Okay. What about Donald Trump becoming president? How about Andy Murray finally beating Novak Djokovic? Yes. How good does it have to be to be good news? How good does it have to be? Now, can I ask you another question? What are you ashamed of? What are you ashamed of? Are you ashamed of yourself? Something you've done in the past, or maybe even in the present? Are you ashamed of your family? What they do? The trouble and strife? Not the wife. Are you ashamed of your mum, your dad, your children, something that they do or don't do? Are you ashamed of your job, the thing that you do Monday to Friday? Are you ashamed of the gospel? I invite you to pick up your Bibles. We're on page 1128. It's the first chapter that Paul wrote to the church in Rome, to gathered Christians, Jews, because they weren't Christians at that point, Jews, Gentiles, like us, anyone who wasn't a Jew, anyone that would listen, he wrote this. So Romans 1, Chapter 1, verse 16. This morning I'm going to share with you a road to transformation. I want to share with you seven relevant words to transform your life. You ready for the reading? You're going to keep up? For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Did you catch those seven words from my reading? Eight. Thanks. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Paul wrote the letter to the Romans and he would not be tricked or intimidated away from the gospel. His opening stance is this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. He'd never even met these people, but he's writing to them, these powerful, wealthy individuals. He's not backing down. As Margaret Thatcher once famously said, this lady's not for turning. He is ready to proclaim the gospel any place, anywhere. Now what he is saying when he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, he is simply saying, I am proud of the gospel. Rome, the place of the greatest human achievement of the time. Great wealth, learning, culture, religions, 
the city embodied great human achievement, much like London does today. Paul doesn't need to say sorry for the gospel. He knew the gospel's worth easily beat everything they had, everything they knew, everything they lived for. And the truth still stands today, in spite of all of our advances in the last 2,000 years. Okay. So, one of the other things about being relevant is that we'll, we'll explain what we're talking about. We'll not use jargon. So, what does, what does gospel mean? What does the gospel mean? Well, as I said, simply it means good news. <clears throat> Don't you just long for a bit of good news from the news, from ITV or BBC, just to show us some good news? Who doesn't want to receive good news, be on the end of good news, share some good news, be the bringer of good news? Who doesn't want to do that? I can understand why you might hesitate to convey bad news. If you're a doctor and you've got to go and tell a patient that they've got terminal cancer, that's bad news. Or if you're a policeman and you've got to turn up at a parent's door and say your son has been killed in a motorcycle accident. That's giving bad news. But the gospel is not like this. The gospel is the complete opposite. The gospel is good news. It's good news about what God has done for us in Jesus. And it's complete. In fact, it's radical. It's radical. We should not be ashamed of the gospel because the gospel is about transformation. It talks in terms of salvation, this book I hold here. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Salvation is transformation. It's about my transformation. It's about your transformation. My salvation, your salvation. The renewing work of God in all things. The reality is you cannot become a Christian without being changed there and then, without being transformed at that point. You become a new creation in Christ. Of course, there's a background to this. Left to ourselves, we are in desperate trouble. When God saw all that he had created, he looked upon it and said, it's good. And when he saw you, he said, it's very good. It's very good. And you'll know the story well. We choose, we chose to go our own way, to separate ourselves from God's love and his mercy and his kindness. Breaking all of his laws Confession time. I've broken a few laws uh, of the land and God's laws um, in my life. I've been caught speeding before. You were all wondering which one I was going to confess. Was it the murder? <laughs> Did you know your vicar was a murderer? 
Some of you are a little bit unsure about whether to take me seriously or not. Speeding. And I had to pay a fine. I had to pay the penalty. If you break a law of the land, you've got to pay a penalty. You've got to pay the fine. The thing is, with God's laws, you can't pay the fine. You can't pay the penalty. Because you haven't got enough money in your bank account. You haven't got enough. But the good news is that God sent Jesus to pay the penalty for us, to pay the fine for us. Jesus has paid the penalty for my sin, past, present, and future. He's taken the entire book of my transgressions, where I've overstepped the mark, where I've missed, where I've screwed things up. And he's written, paid in full across my record. Paid in full across your record. The gospel is radical. The gospel is transformational. It is complete. It is total. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. The gospel is for everyone. It's about transforming lives here amongst us and out there amongst the multitudes. It's for everyone. It's totally inclusive. Totally and utterly inclusive. Why? Because it's the power of God. It's not my power, it's not your power, it's the power of God. Because if it was my power, I might be a little bit more choosy about who I let in. It might be for the rich, or for the poor, or for the noble, the well-bred, or the social underclass or for white people, or for black people. I could pick and choose. Maybe it would be for men. Perhaps it would be for women. But that's not the way it is. Because the gospel is for everyone. At Pentecost, Peter stood up and declared, everyone who calls on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. The gospel is radical. It's transformational. It's for everyone. John wrote in John 3.16, if you're a Christian, if you've been around church for a long time, you'll know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world. We love because he first loved us. A supreme act of love we bear witness to on the cross. As Jesus has laid down his life for each and every one of us who believes. We were singing earlier, how great is your love. Covers my sin and shame.
how great is your love. The gospel is radical, it's transformational, it's for everyone, it's for life, it's love. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. The power of God. Powerful enough to accomplish God's purposes, which is to rescue us, to bring us back home again. The word power is dunamis, where we get our word dynamite from. It's explosive power. Power. The gospel is power. Many people just simply don't understand that, like me, for the first 30 odd years of my life. Didn't really understand what that meant. But nevertheless, the most powerful happening in the world at any given time is for people to hear the gospel. Has the most power in it. For there, the Spirit of God is at work, changing, transforming, delivering us from captivity and setting us free, lives transformed and all by God's power. The gospel is radical, it's transformational, it's for life, it's love, it's powerful. There are a great many things that you can do to bring shame to yourself. But believing and living by the gospel is not one of them. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. There are a great many things which are not relevant to your life. But believing and living in the gospel is not one of them. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. Can you echo those words? Do you tell people those words? Have you ever told anyone you've made a commitment to Jesus? For I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Those, those seven words. Those seven words can change your life. Can change the lives of those you are connected to. Not just by saying them, but by living them. Like Paul we are not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is good news. Of course it is relevant. We've been taking our young people to something called Soul Survivor. It's a youth church where about five to 800 young people gather once a month or so. If you want to test whether something is relevant, you can give a message to about five to 800 young people and see if they respond. And I just want to share with you, look, last time that they went, one of our young people said, I want to follow Jesus. I want to stand up 
and I'm going to take his name and I'm going to follow him for the rest of my life. Now, I know sometimes I get told about my preaching that uh, you're all kind of just waiting. You can hear a pin drop, which is wonderful. But when I declare the news that one of our young people has given their life to Jesus, one of our young people has radically transformed their life in the love and power of Jesus, that is totally what we're about. That is totally what we're about. That's our vision right there. One of our young people has decided to follow Jesus. It's the best news I could have received. Can I invite us all to stand? Can I just invite you to close your eyes? I'm just going to pray. And um, if you'd like to repeat the words after me, that's fantastic. Thank you, Father, for Jesus. Thank you for the gift of new life. Sorry for all that I've done to break your laws, to break your heart. I receive your Holy Spirit, your power. The die has been cast. I have stepped over the line. The decision has been made. I am a follower of Jesus. I won't look back, slow down, stand still. My past is redeemed. My present makes sense. My future secure. I'm finished and done with low living, small planning, colorless dreams, same visions, mundane talking. I no longer need prosperity, promotions, plaudits, position, popularity. I don't have to be right, first, tops, regarded, rewarded, praised. I live by present, walk in faith. I cannot be bought or compromised, manipulated, enticed or bribed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice, hesitate in the presence of the adversary, negotiate at the table of the enemy, ponder at the pool of popularity or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up or shut up. For I've forgotten all that is in the past. Pressing on for the prize. The high calling of my Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. I am a disciple of his. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am and I continue to be radically transformed.
and the love and power of Jesus. Amen.